0: Now you can clap. So what I'm shocked about is how little of the body of Christ understands what I'm going to tell you this morning. I've been checking this out and not only speaking with pastors that I know across the country, I have this conversation with them, and usually the conversation goes about the same way. So I'm I'm going to... explain something from the scripture, and then in explaining, I'm, I'm trusting, you'll see what attitude check you need to bring and what action you need to put to it. Because it is one of the most powerful things in your life that you could ever do, is understand the order of first things. Last week when I was speaking with you about this, and we were talking about Hannah and her, 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 her difficulty, in not receiving what she always wanted, how she spoke to Eli, and in speaking to Eli, the word coming out of his mouth matched the faith in her heart, and her actions reversed her whole curse. I remember speaking with you about Eli, whose household wasn't really in order at all. He was the high priest and the most responsible person spiritually in the whole nation, but his household was not in order. And I would say to you again this morning that if your house is not in order, that is your family members are rightly related, that your family members are, who they know who God is. If your house is not in order, we might want to take a lesson from Eli. Authority is a powerful thing. It's one of the most elusive things. And for many people, their lives haven't come into order because they don't understand authority. They get confused between the person and the position. And when the person who is in a position of authority doesn't act like the position demands, we judge the position and not the person. Eli, who was the chief priest, the high priest, his sons were doing all kinds of ungodly things. It's one of the ways that the enemy has tested and has come after leaders of the church throughout the nation. What I'm speaking of is such an incredible weight that it, it makes me tremble when I think about h- how the church has suffered because of those in authority whose households privately don't, don't proclaim the gospel publicly. And yet God, in this whole issue of authority, gives us the power, gives us the power to bring our households under His order. God will never give you a responsibility that he doesn't equally give you the power to fulfill it. God will not hold you accountable for something where he does not give you the authority to give the accountability that he desires. So even in this illustration, in this this powerful story that nobody likes to talk about that much in the church, but I want to give it to you in a a few moments. In this story, Authority is a big deal. But Hannah believed God. And when Eli, though his character was not exemplary, his word to her, she believed. And the Bible said she'd straighten up her face. She'd been crying so long. You ever seen folks cry, when black folks cry for a long time? It leaves streams, leaves salt streams down their cheeks. When they cry, and they, I mean, when they, when they cry for long enough, you know, the makeup start running. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible says she straightened up her face. She cleaned up her face. She got herself together. She went home, had a different attitude, and God blessed her and gave her what she desired. I mentioned that from last week because when God puts things in order and you follow that order, oh, my God. Everything shifts and changes in your life. But I want to show you something in the scripture concerning putting first things first. I want to instruct you, if I may, this morning. Look at look at Genesis chapter four. In Genesis chapter four, in the first verse, it says, Now man, now the man had relations with his wife. Well, I'm sorry, I laugh when I hear that word because Eddie Murphy made that word funny. Amen. Those of you who do watch movies, it's kind of. That, that, the man had relations with, with Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain and said, and, and she said, I got myself a man, child, with the help of the Lord. Do you see the help of the Lord? Amen. Because no matter what couples do, as in Hannah's case last week, no matter what they did, Elkanah and her husband, the Bible said she, the Lord had closed her womb pregnancy is something that is from God even when the circumstances are not the best. Wow. Sexual relationships are from men but conception is of God. So in this case the Bible says Adam and and the man with with Eve his wife conceived gave birth to Cain I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord again she gave birth to his brother Abel do you see that and Abel was a keeper of flocks note this please Abel was a keeper of flocks but Cain was a tiller of the ground are you are you with me so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the, f- of the fruit of the ground. Do you see that? But Abel on his part also bought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Notice the Lord had regard. Much Jane didn't know. She didn't, Sister Jane didn't know what I was going to speak about today when she said, we talked about that book of remembrance God gave regard writes down has it recorded the Bible says here gives us two simple illustrations but they're absolutely powerful check this out and so it came about in the course of time Cain offering is compared to Abel's offering do you see that Saints but for Cain and for his offering the Lord had no regard I see it, but I'm not counting it. I'm sorry, are you all looking here with me? Are you looking with me? So Cain became very angry with his countenance, and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Interesting question. And why are you angry? And why has why your face tore up? Have you ever seen parents react to their children when their face is tore up? Why would a parent speak to his child when their face is tore up? I'm asking the question. Why would a a parent be concerned about the attitude or the expression on your child's face? Or have we come to the place in America now when parents don't care what's expression on their face? If you are a parent, I promise you, and you're in public and your child's face is tore up, guess what? What do you say, mama, when your, bu- when your baby's face tore up? Or maybe you don't do that. I've, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting from a generation that's two or three generations past, four generations past. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot who I was talking to. I, I grew up in a generation where my mama, um, if, you, if your face is tore up, do you know you can get a beating for a tore up face? Anybody know what what generation I'm talking about? Some people say that's why your lips are fat right now because mama smacked it so often because you had it stuck out. (laughs) But do you see that? The Bible says God asked Cain a question. Why is your countenance fallen?" Look at the next verse. If you do well, Are you with me? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you. But you, underline that in your Bible, you must. So in my instruction this morning, I wish you could see this and hear it and understand it because in understanding it, you could do something different with your with your countenance, with your attitude, because, you know, your lip, your face reflect your heart. Hello, somebody. Tell your name, say your look on your face reflects what's going on inside of you, amen. I, I want to read just a little further to, sh- to show you the consequences of not fixing your face. Because you know, you we, we don't say fix your face these days. We say fix your heart, right? Am I right? Fix your heart. Because uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks and the face reflects. Are you there, saints? Some people have a difficulty in their communication because they, their look outside doesn't reflect what's going on on the inside. Somebody wrote a song like it said, "If you love him, notify. Your, if you love me, notify your face." So I want to show you what happens when you don't get your countenance slashed, get your heart right. Are you still with me, saints? Check it out. It says, um, verse eight: Cain, mm, Cain told, Ab- told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And he said, "I, I don't know, Lord. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? How many know God doesn't ask you for information? And sometimes God has to ask us a question, to make us answer the question so we will realize what we have done. Is it interesting that m- much of the pressure that comes in your life, many times it's God asking you that to answer a question. Many times the discomfort, not all the time, but many times the discomfort, the pressure, the conflict, many times is God asking you to answer a question for yourself so you will understand what's going on. The Bible says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. For a few moments, consider this story and consider your attitude about, your attitude about the, one of the most important things in your life. From the very beginning of creation, you know, Genesis is actually the pattern for what God desired, has always desired. The very kingdom mandate of God to change the earth, to look like what I want it to look like, to reflect the attitude I want it to reflect. I'll give you purpose and direction, Adam. You are, you are, you are created by me. I have put within you what you need Now I want you to take what's within you and I want you to change the environment. The Bible says the earth was void and without shape. God shaped it, created the heavens and the earth, gave it order, separated the water from the land, gave it stars by night and moon and gave it sun by day. Everything in the air crawling on the earth and under the earth And in the sea, God made in its own order, and he established it with his authority. But none of it made any sense until he made Adam. And once he makes Adam, he gives purpose to Adam's life. He he, he brings Adam, and then he brings Eve, and then they, they begin to procreate. But it's not just the procreation. God says, I want you to subdue everything. I want you to rule. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply and fill the earth. And the Bible said in the earth that God had already put seed in the earth, but there was no man to cultivate it. So what what you're looking at here is this continuing story of God fulfilling his purpose through Adam. And he gave Adam clear instruction what he was to do. And honestly, saints, whether you're talking about Genesis chapter 1 or you're talking about Matthew 28, really the, what's called the mandate of dominion, to take control, to change the environment, to make it the way I want it to be, is still right now, every human being is still their purpose and their call from God. And Adam, I want you to take this whole thing of seed, time, and harvest, use that to bring about an environment that I want that reflects me in the earth. You know, as I've taught so many times, and some of you have benefited thereby, the purpose of man man and woman is to reflect the image of God. And to bring that reflection in the earth. So our family, our households, our environment reflects God. And to do that, God knew that you and I needed a mechanism in order to bring that about. I want to tell you, when your life is is in disorder and when when authority is is not recognized and when authority is Spurned, when, 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 when um, what God has set as his order is not acknowledged, is, you can't have anything else but chaos. No matter how beautiful it is. I was thinking about our apartment, our apartment was tow up, it was, it, was, it, was just, it was a mess, I mean a mess. Has anybody ever moved in their life? There's nothing worse than boxes everywhere. Something in me wants order. I want to know where everything is. I want, to know every, I want a place for everything, everything in this place. It's just in my life. And, and, and when, when the Lord converted me, it was very different because in my bedroom, when we grew up, it was hell. Amen. I'm sorry that y'all don't understand that, that you forgot how hellish your bedroom was. When, but it, it, was, it was horrible. Everything was everywhere. I wanted order in my life. And man, I tell you what, when the Lord converted me, I can't stand disorder. Is anybody like that? I can't, it, just, it just bugs me to no end. You know, it might be broke. It might not be new. But at least it can be in order. And clean. Amen. I just had a picture in my mind. And I growing up, you know, I want to tell you something. God really brought a salvation to our lives. And many of you the same thing. Because everything—not not, not only was it in disarray, it wasn't clean. God was showing Adam and Eve exactly. Here's the way I want things, and and one of the things he he made clear to them is, I want you to always acknowledge me when you talk about giving and tithing and offering and first fruit. It's in Genesis, big time. And he starts when he says, he starts when he says, Hey, Adam. He said, You see this tree? He said, Yeah, God. And he said, in the middle of a garden. And he said, that tree. He said, now that tree, I want you to cultivate everything. Cultivate the ground. Work it. Tap your neighbor and say, if you're not working, you're not in the purpose of God. Amen. Make this book, bu- make this garden grow. Years ago, I did a series on tending your garden. Make this garden grow, so God told Adam. But no, in the middle, there was this tree, but everything else was, we had no picture of things sprouting up from the ground because Adam had to cultivate that to do that. From the very beginning, God said, Adam, I want you, of all these things you may have in the garden, but this tree, I want you to, cultivate it, but don't eat it. Make it grow, cultivate it, give it the right, the right environment, but of this tree, he says, I don't want you to eat from this fruit. The very principle of tithing is demonstrated in the garden. When God says to Adam, I want you Yes, yes, you can anything else you you grow, cultivate and grow, you can eat of that. but this tree you don't eat of. That is the first principle of tithing. In other words, when you when you bring home this paycheck from your cultivating, your working, when you bring that home, there's a portion of it, God said, the first ten percent of it, I don't want you to eat that. You can grow and eat of everything else, but of this portion right here, don't eat that, give that to me. That's God's authority giving us instruction, how we acknowledge him, how we honor him, and yes, how we obey him, and even beyond that, how we believe him. Adam understood that, even from the garden. So when his sons begin to do their work and they're cultivating, the same expectation of offering and giving and tithing is in their life. But check this out. In this verse, notice, and the Lord, he, he said he gave, he gave regard to Abel's offering, but he didn't have regard to Cain's. It's kind of interesting that the Bible says that Cain, he, 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 he worked the ground. He worked the fruit of the ground. And he bought an offering to the Lord from that ground. He grew the ground. I, I don't know if anybody's ever planted anything, but I remember, from, I, my, I'm so grateful to my parents. You know, they started us with this very, very young. They, they taught us, this. My dad said, take these popcorn seeds, boy, put them out there and put them in the ground, you'll see them come up. I said, what? I said, yeah, just dig a hole, put it in the cupboard up. I didn't believe it because a few days gone, you know, 24 hours and nothing come up. So I, I figured, well, it, it don't work. So I dug the seed up. <laughs> I do what a lot of other folks do. And I, I dug the seed up and I, I, I saw it was kind of crazy. The seed had rotted. And, and, and there was a little white portion coming out of the bottom. It was starting to grow. I figured it out. I said, don't dig it up. <laughs> I left it in there, so I had to be patient. Every day I'd come with water. Then I saw a little green shoot sticking up in the ground. It's a wall. I just said, well, that might be some weeds. So I dug it up. Well, it was the corn I planted, it, but it was coming up. Some of you might have done that. I, teachers are smarter than you know. Teachers put them in these glass, uh, it has, it, it, two, what's it called? Teacher, you know what it is. Is it a prison? What is it? Called? You know they have a little plastic thing on both sides, dirt in the middle, and so when you put the seed in there, you can see it. You can actually see through it. Go, yeah. Anyway, so t- teachers are smart. That's so you're going to dig it up. You can see it. So I planted, and, and lo and behold two or three days, a week, two weeks. Man, this thing was growing up. I just kept watching, kept growing up. It starts growing, growing up. And then I, I I said, you know what? Man, I, I could do a whole row. I did two or three rows in our backyard I was big enough to dig, dig in the ground, two or three rows. I put the seed in there, covered it up, watered it, didn't worry about it. Man, this corn started coming up. I was so happy where I really got excited, when, when when it got about three or four feet tall, under the leaf was a little bit, you know, like a little corn cob growing. I said, look at that! <laughs> and every stalk where there was a leaf, underneath a little corn, I said, whoa! It's an amazing thing, and I'm, I think it's unfortunate that many are not schooled in this because God's principle is there. There was nothing wrong with Cain's profession. I've heard some pastors say, well, you know, it's because, you know, he was, you know, God he he likes he likes cattling or herding better than he likes farming. In this nation, we had wars over cattle, farmers and cattle. In fact, free grazing was the rule. Whenever your cattle went, they could free graze. But, but, but farmers had wars with cattlemen because the cattle come and eat all, all the vegetation. If you were a cattleman, you had a little higher status if you, were, you had cattle. Then if you were a farmer, how many of y'all know if you don't grow, if you don't grow, Lord, mercy vegetation, the cows ain't got nothing to eat. And neither will you. God is not comparing professions in this illustration. He's not giving regard or no regard on the basis of what the profession is. But the Bible says he just bought some, you know, he just picked some, and he brought it to God. Because he knew God does not give us the details of how he knew it, but he lets us understand that at least Adam demonstrated so his sons knew exactly what to do. So Cain came and brought his offering to the Lord. It's kind of interesting. We look behind the language, you'll see he just picked some random. It was reflection of what he thought about his father's God. And he brought that he, he, and, and, and he, the, uh, the tradition was you brought it before the Lord and you set it afire. And when the smoke went up, it was a sign that this is acceptable. But if the smoke was in your face, hello. In regard to Abel, who was, he was a cattleman, a herdsman, he bought, the Bible says, the firstlings, a very interesting word. It's a word that refers to the best of the first. He was choicy about what he bought. He knew to whom he was sacrificing. He knew whose favor he needed to continue. It wasn't just a frivolous, well, this is my habit. This is what daddy said. He just, you know, he, just, he, he put, it to the, put it in the fire and <coughs> smoke it all in. Abel comes and he begins to sacrifice the very best Smoke went up unto the, unto heaven. The Bible said God had regard for him, for his offering, and at the same time talking about Cain. But God had no regard for his. Now, excuse me, saints. We I, we all know the Scripture is clear that God loves us. We don't want to. We don't want to get this. God loves us. He loves us equally, but he responds differently to our love for him. He responds differently to the way we treat him. So I want to bring this to us. I remember this this morning because I want to give you a, a small key that absolutely transforms everything. It's so... Can you imagine a day when Cain is coming, bringing his, you know, he's, for Cain, it's his duty. For Abel, it's his honor. For Cain, it's a chore, an imposition, if you please. A law, if you please. For Abel, it is a privilege Oh, what a privilege and an honor. It is, a, it is more than a, a, it certainly is a right, but it is, it, it, it shows his attitude toward God. I can say this to every single one of us here today, that how you handle, would you preach for me? Tell your neighbors that how you handle your stuff is, is what you think about God. Come on, tell them what I said. You know, mom and dad, God gives mom and dad the authority to teach their children how to handle their stuff. Am I talking to the right people here today? How your children handle their stuff is indicative of what they feel about you, sir, ma'am. But they have to be taught. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So the Bible says right here it says, but Cain for his offering, he, that is God, capital H, had no regard. Doesn't mean I don't love you, it just means this is not what I'm looking for from you. I'm waiting for something from you. And when you bring what you have, I'm checking your heart. This is is consistent with scripture. All the way into the New Testament when you see Jesus looking at this woman who gives two mites into the offering. I'm hoping I can make this positive for you. I don't want to make it negative for you, but I want to show you that there really is a difference how God judges an offering. God can judge your offering and still love you. Revere you. His grace is no different to you. But how you handle his command, how you handle his instruction determines what favor you receive from him. So if your heart is not right, this is a hard message for you. But if your heart is, Lord, Lord, I I want, I want you to be pleased with what I do. If you have a heart to please God, this simple message could be an open door for an absolute revolution in your life. So look again at the scripture with me, where it says, verse 5, but for Cain, his offering had no regard, so Cain became, come on, what, what, became what? Why was he so angry? He was angry because he expected something he didn't deserve. If you look at the bottom of each anger, if you look at the bottom of anger, if you analyze anger, you will end up, by the time you synthesize it, it'll come down to one word, it's called fear. You get angry because you're mad. I mean, you get you get angry because you're afraid. When you're in an argument with somebody and you, you rise up, you got, your anger, at the basis of your, of, your, of your anger, is I'm afraid I will lose, I will be exposed. You've touched something that I don't like. You've questioned something that I don't want questioned. Anger is one of the ways you can test how much, Fear has roots in your life. If you're going to get angry, don't get angry with God. Tap your neighbor and say, don't get angry with God. I know why people get angry with God because they don't understand what's going on and they're afraid they will no longer be in control. So Cain comes, offers, smoke in his face, and he's mad. Why is he mad? If you believe that it's out of your charge and out of your control, and you can't do anything else about it, then you could, you'll you get angry. If you feel like, you know, this, I've been given a raw deal. Hey, I gave some. Are you all breathing? It was Cain's attitude. It was something in the... Uh, Write it down somewhere. Giving will reflect your attitude. Giving reflects your attitude. Giving reflects your heart. That's why we need our hearts converted. We need our hearts changed. It's not that he didn't give anything. He did. But, but God was looking for more than that. Tell your neighbor, God don't need your, he don't need your offering. It's not like God is going to be, it's not like you're going to diminish anything from the Lord in terms of who he is if you don't give. Something inside of us knows that there's some connection between what we release and who we believe. There's always been a reflection in the life of a person of how they live their life, what they're giving. And who they are believing. So where you're made. So when the Bible says he was very angry, do you see that? He was very angry, and his face fell. Ah, Lord help me now. You know when your, when your attitude is tore up, when your face is tore up, you know, you just change everybody's world when you come around them. When you, when you reflect a negative attitude, man, people just like, <clears throat> people don't want, like to be around folk with, when their face is toe up. That's why parents tell straighten up your face. Why? Because your face is a reflection of my authority. Get it straight. Now, I remember getting, getting whoopings because I had a bad toe up face. And the toe of face was unwarranted. I wanted to do something that they didn't want me to do, but I wanted to do it. So when they didn't let me do it, or they chastised me about it, I'm gonna, I couldn't hit them, so I'm going to give them an ugly face. I'm sorry, y'all, y'all, am I talking to the right people? I just want you to know that this is in the Bible. And the Lord, he said, now, now the Lord is compact I want you to see the grace and the compassion of, of God. I want you to see the fatherhood of God. Mm. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? I don't believe God said that in anger. The Bible says, you know, God don't get, you know, you, you, can't, you can't make God is you know, God is consistent. Tell your neighbor, said, thank God your anger is not going to control God. <laughs> now, we have some parents, when their children get angry, they start placating somebody. Oh, oh, we we'll did do the hood to pay peace. We have some parents that conform back to the child instead of setting the standard of action and attitude and activity of the child, the child's attitude starts to affect the action of the parent. In case you didn't go to parenting one-on-one and pass the course, I just want you to know that if your children are upset about something you corrected, it's not for you to change, it's for you to change them. I got a hand over here somewhere, I ain't got nothing going on over here. I don't know what that is, but but you know what I'm talking about, man. Your child did not come here as a saint. I mean, they look like an angel, but inside this little devil that you got to deal deal with. Now I know there's a a philosophy out there that says that you know don't call your children a devil and don't you know and, and treat your. Listen, I do understand. Don't confuse my love for them with my perception of them i can see you know, if you're a parent you can see when that ugly face comes out you can see when the countenance drops and god was trying to help cain get get it together because when your attitude is bad look. me tell you when your attitude is bad your actions are going to be worse tell you what I said So God, in his mercy, says, hey, Cain, why you, what? he says, Cain, why, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fall? He said, then the, what, the, now the Lord did not only did he ask him a question, guess what else the Lord did to him? Are you still looking there? He says, he, says, uh, he says, if, verse 7, look at it, verse 7, if you do well, underline that in your Bible, if you do well. Oh, my God. that word well doesn't have quantity attached to it. That word well has attitude attached to it, has heart attached to it, has perception attached to it. God said, I can't do this for you, Cain. I'm not gonna override my bounds in, of my creation, I'm giving you a will. That's why I said, if you do well, I'm giving you a will to make a decision. You have the power to change your life, to change your heart, according to what I've spoken. If you do well, if you do well, man, if I ask that question, what is it? What is it? God says at the. What is it? At, what is it that He says at the judgment? Well done. Good and, come on, come on, faithful servant. Well, God's asking him a really big question now and giving him some awesome insight, if you do well. See, inside of everybody's heart, you know what that is. You have the ability inside of you to determine your attitude. You can get a hold of it. Or you can let the negative come that comes to you get a hold of you. So God does something fundamental and absolutely incredible. If you do well, how does he put it? What does he say? If you do well, if you do well, if you do. Uh, he, give me the one before that. We're we, we killing them already. Go back, go back to the other one first. What does it say? Yeah, if you do well, what about it? See, you get excited when you do well because you automatically know if I do well, the God who is well is going to reward me well. You already know that, Tapio Niphti. You already know. You already know. You just got to make a decision. God's dealing with something fundamental to to human beings, fundamental to his creation that has fallen in sin. And he said, you know, if you do well, he says, I love it when the Lord says this because it's so gracious what God says to him. He said, "Now, now Cain, Cain, if you do right, your countenance is going to be up. Do you know how much God looks at attitude in the Bible? It'll blow your mind. Mm. And if you don't do well, talk to me, saints. If you don't do well, sin, come on, saints, is what? I did the the research. You can do it too. Look at that little phrase right there where it says, sin is crashing the door. The word is gargoyle. See, around this whole thing that men make frivolous, around this whole thing is is demonic activity, is demonic and angelic activity. Demonic and angelic activity are, are trying to give expression through your attitude. When you don't do well with this and what God is asking from you, when you don't do well, Bible's, the Bible says, okay, now, Cain, okay, you got to get this right. Because you, when you do right, your face is going to be right. And when your face is right, you're going to resist the demonic. Are you all hearing? You're going to resist the demonic activity around your life. Sin is crouching. I wish you gonna keep a nasty attitude. If you don't think this is right, judge this as it regards human relationships. You have, everybody has conflict. Tapping into everybody have conflict, everybody. Not everybody know how to handle conflict, right? You and your partner, you get into it, and then then there's, then the Holy Spirit will give you an attitude check. So why are you so angry? Is it that big a deal? Whether it was green or whether it was red, is it, does it really matter? <laughs> and, when you, and when you do well, that is when you forgive or you hear each other or you, or you, you have an attitude, we, let's settle, we we know we do you remember in the, in the movie, um, The Shack? Before he goes to the shack and, and the mom is about to, t- to take off, they're going on a trip and, and they're having a real tough time because of a major loss in their life, and she looks at him because he's not handling it very well. His attitude is down, and, and, and she looks at him. The words she says to him are, are precious to me. She said to him, hey, I know you're having a tough time, but don't forget, we love each other, don't we? <laughs> if you do well, But if you don't do well, I promise you, there's activity that wants to enter your life. Many of us have a conflict in our life, did not do well, and and yes, negativity entered into our hearts. We didn't forgive. We weren't honest. We didn't say, God, I'm wrong. We didn't go to our brother, our sister, we didn't say, I'm wrong, I I didn't do this right. I know I didn't do this right. We didn't put ourselves in a, a humbling position and say to each other, please, forgive me for this. When you don't do that, guess what? Something's crouching at the door of your life. If you don't think this is real, you check how many people are suffering today, not because they don't have the ability to make money, but but they make money, and they don't get their attitudes right, and they don't handle what God has blessed them with right, and and they're they're greedy, and they're stingy, and they're all about me. I'm sorry, y'all hear it? God was going after something in Cain's life. And isn't it amazing that what God was trying to get right in Cain's heart had to do with the way and what he gave. Whew. So he goes on, I'll, I'll bring this to a close, and, and he says, he, he said, now, now, he said, now, look, I'm gonna lift, you, your, your countenance will be lifted up if you do well. Tap your neighbor and say, no matter what, do well. <laughs> I mean, tap, find somebody that said, no matter what, how angry, no matter how terrible, do, do the, is that Spike Lee? It was moving? Do the right thing. Do well, do the right thing. Do the right thing. By the way, don't take his definition of it, just take the words, okay? Okay, Let's let's move. Check this out. So... <laughs> so Cain told check this out Cain told his brother Abel now God always deals in the midst of relationships so now Cain is going to take his negativity to Abel what he should have done, what he should have done is said, God, you're right. He should have went back in them fields and he should have saw the best he possibly had. No matter, how, no matter where that best was. The best he probably possibly, the best he could possibly get his hands on. He should have went back there and, and evaluated that and got that and with a smile on his face. <laughs> Not a negative expectation. He should have bought that and said, God, here it is. I trust you. Those things grew because of your grace. What I have is because of you, Lord. He should have taken that portion to the Lord. And Lord, here it is. Man, the Bible's already told him what would happen. You're going to be happy because your count is going to be up because you know when you do well, you expect the blessing. Abel comes in, takes, looks at his crop, takes none that are deformed, had perfect in spot, the, f- the first limbs, the first things that were out of the crop. See, that was a prelude to what God said in Exodus, the first belongs to me. God was already working that thing in the very first part of creation. That's why all of y'all that get hung up on ties, because you don't understand, it's before the law ever was. It was an attitudinal thing that God knew. If you don't get this right, not a whole lot of other things not going to get right in your life. If you don't get this right, you're going to open the door for a lot of negative things that are crouching, checking you out to see where they can enter your life. Man, the Bible said that Cain did that and it went up to God. It was pleasing to God. God accepted him. And Cain, he, in, his, in his rejection, by the way, it wasn't God rejecting Cain because, because he, God didn't like Cain. It was God setting a standard of what is acceptable. And when Cain didn't reach that standard, he rejected himself. I wish a whole lot of people could understand that. And, and then we see the Bible says he goes to his brother... And he tells Abel, now I don't know what the conversation was, the Bible doesn't tell us. But if I could Johnsonize it just a little bit, I think it might have went something like this. You can judge whether this might be scriptural or biblical or not. But I'll just put it to you this way. You know, the conversation, you know, I, you know, I, I had smoke in my face. You know, God didn't he didn't like my offering. What was Cain going to say? What was Abel going to say? Well, you know, he he, he accepted mine accepted mine. No reason why I wouldn't accept yours. (laughs) How many times we have looked at our brother and our sister and their profitability and checked our own out and gotten angry? How many times have we played the sin of comparison? You see the same thing with the two brothers in the prodigal Son. Look at his situation, look at your situation, and you judge your situation by his. That's as sinful as you can get. Because his situation is between him and God, and your situation is between you and God. How, are you all there, Saints? God has his own individual relationship with everybody. And so in families, it's the same thing. Well, you know, you, you treat one child one way, you treat another child another way according to what is in them. Wow. By the way, favorite son has created more family discord than anything. you my favorite. I hated that. The Parents say, you my favorite. You know what you just did? You just took all the other kids and you just kicked them to the curb. Now, in your heart you didn't, but in their eyes you did. One of the balances that parents have to play with kids is their love for that child and where that child is. Parents, are you you tracking with me today? Good parents, godly parents will make a judgment call as to where that child is. And what, you know, every parent judges how you treat yourself, how you treat what you have, how you treat one another. Every parent has that. You know, parents know, because when the first child that you dropped on his head, you know, you know, because you know that was the first one, and you was trying to be so careful, bam, oh, you didn't tell nobody. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And then the second child, you learn, you know, you you. Know, you just, yeah. by the third one, let him scream. How many of y'all parents know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. According to the order of your birth, parents will will parent you there. God gives you grace to do that. One of the worst things that can happen in your household is when your kids start comparing themselves to their brothers or their sisters. We as parents have the responsibility to correct that. God right now is trying to correct it for Cain. Don't you worry about Abel. I'm the same parent that loves Abel like I love you, but I'm looking at your heart, Cain. Got to go home. I got to go home. So here's what happens. Cain, he's talking to Abel. Abel's like, hey, man, I don't have no beef with dad. I don't have no beef with mom. What? 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 The Bible says that Cain is so jealous for that. It came about when they were in the field, Cain rose up. You see that? Where it says rose up, it's comparable to crouching. Sin is crouching at the door. Why do you crouch? Why does a tiger crouch? Because he's getting ready to spring or attack or rise up. You see it, And Cain. He doesn't resist it. So how does it, how does it come out in his life? He's, he rose up against his brother and he killed him. Then the Lord calls him to accountability. Cain, where's your brother? Ooh-wee. What you series you could preach on that? Tap in and say, where is your brother? Jesus took the same scenario. And he said, where, where, what about your neighbor? And Jesus, in his parables, draws this analogy between your brother and your neighbors. Responsibility, God doesn't, he doesn't relieve you from it. So I, I, want, I want you to see this. And when, when Cain did that, man, it, it wasn't that Cain couldn't be redeemed. Because look at, look at your neighbor, said, blood redeems all of it, blood redeems all of it. Did you know that by the blood of Jesus, he's still giving Cain, those who are like Cain, an opportunity to to repent. He's given them an opportunity to be cleansed in their heart. So they will not regard what they have more important than it really is. And that they will not regard the fruit of their hands. Apart from the God that gave them fruitfulness. So I wanna put it to you this way. If the fruit of your life is not what you want it to be, you know, just what are you doing with the offering of that fruit? I don't want you to miss it in this season. Be mindful, be biblical. Get your countenance up. Don't come down, I know I got to do this. This is not law. This is relationship with God. If you love me. By the way, love is the only way you can truly keep the spirit of the law. Love is the only way you can really truly keep the commandments. God God is is the kind of God that, that wants this relationship with us that we're like this toward God. Not like this. God. Loves, come on, a cheerful giver. The reason why I believe this is a first fruits issue is because there's no mention of tithe, there's no mention of 10%. That's why it says some, some of the firstlings. Same kind of language, actually, that God says when He talks in Exodus and in Numbers, when He says, before they are released from Egypt, take some of the fruits. Some of the first of, of some of the first fruits. Take some of it and offer it to the Lord and tells them how to do that. Don't treat God cheap. Just bring them in pitchers of gold and baskets of gold. And expect God to honor your gift because it's from your heart. Because you love Him. So we, we see blood spilled on the ground. Abel's blood is on the ground, crying out to God. I love my brother. can't believe he took my life. Cain, who's suffering with, in my heart, I'm treating my stuff more important than God who gave me the stuff. So what I'd like you to do, and I'd like us to do this morning, is give consideration to this season that we have right now of offering to the Lord. When I talk about the firstborn of the families, I'm not trying to make the firstborn better than. You know, that which is first is not necessarily better. It's just first. Your first child is not better than your second child. And if you had to choose which child do you sacrifice? You couldn't choose because of love. So God is judging simply priority, not quantity, not, not quality, pardon me. And I want you to keep that in mind when you're giving. And, and, and I want you to, tap your neighbor and say, I want you to notify your face. I want you to get happy about God returning in multiplied form what you've given. Amen. I want you to get happy about your return. Instead of of thinking about what I lost or what I don't have, it's almost evil to doubt God's fatherhood, which is demonstrated in his ability to provide. God's Fatherhood must never be in question in your life. And fatherhood is the ability to provide. That's why when you are pregnant, ma'am, and that's why, that's why God gives grace over the sir because God wants to give him more ability to earn more because God is concerned about the care of your child. God is a father. He's just trying to get his kids straight. So today I want you to bow your heads. And I want you to consider that in your heart. And I trust without guilt, but rather with conviction. And understand that God gives favor and regard and record to the the gift from your heart. This is the way God operates. So he said it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's that life, that blood that cries out for Cain. You know, the one who who didn't have his heart right, who let anger overcome him. They got whole schools of anger management now. Even they recognize that you got to control your anger. But God said, come on, do well, do well. I'll change your countenance. Your, cha- your countenance will change. Do well. And Father, I'm asking you in this hour that we are mindful of this season. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you, Lord, for a heart to give. And that in that giving, may our heart be reflected. Thank you, Lord, for those who who have wrestled with this. Thank you for your grace upon us to extend even during this time, this window, this door of grace. Lord, I praise you. Let let the fruit be revealed as it brings forth a return. Anoint us as parents that that we may steward this in our own households. I do thank you, Father, for this attitude that you've explained today. Thank you, Lord, for hearts in this house today who truly love you, who truly make it a concern, who give out of grace. I pray for those who have have, have struggled, Lord. They've had that attitude of Cain. They look left and look right at their brother and their sister. They compare themselves, that wrong comparison. Lord, I pray that their hearts be turned toward you today. Would you anoint them, Lord, Lord, give them the grace to do well, but let their praise and their countenance and their testimony reflect your mercy and goodness. I thank you for that, Father, today in the name of Jesus. All God's people said amen. Come on, put your hand